Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Good evening everybody and welcome to this week's Gatecast. Uh, just me at the moment, Alan is away, so I decided to uh, make do with just myself and Andrew. Welcome back to the show, Andrew. Oh, thanks a lot. It's great to be back. How are you then? I'm pretty good. Just having some coffee here, waking up. <laughs> and it's been, I know, dark, overcast, raining from, what, 7 o'clock this morning till 5 o'clock this afternoon. Oh, fun. <laughs> Don't think I've even seen much daylight. We're pretty gray and covered over here, but uh, no rain so far today. Seattle, that's a bit unusual, yeah. isn't it? We've been getting it on and off here for the winter, but yeah, mostly it's just cold and grey. I don't know that much about Seattle, apart from Fraser saying it rains nine months of the year or something. Uh, yeah, pretty much. The summer is glorious, but uh, it's about two months in the summer, so... Yeah, big logging area back in the day, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, some areas still are, and once you get out the sticks a bit. Yeah, I read a, a Star Trek novel, you know, one of the uh, pocket books mm-hmm. set in Seattle. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, time travel, of course, you know. Of course. Captain Kirk and Spock can go anywhere if the author requires it. Right, right. Right, then, as I said, Alan is, I believe he's in Wing Canton. Where's that? Somewhere in the southwest of the country, near Bristol. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a Discord convention. That makes sense. Spent most of this week moving out of my apartment. I'm getting ready to move to Chicago, actually. Oh, all right. So I did the final walkthrough and everything yesterday, and so I'm staying with friends. My buddy's actually... In his living room right now, watching English Premier League soccer. <laughs> okay. Liverpool, I think. I've finished up Dark Matter not too long ago, or the first season of Dark Matter. So, yep. eagerly awaiting the return of that show. Very disappointed it didn't get a Blu-ray release. Yeah. I've got the uh, I've got the HD rip, so I've got it in HD. Mm-hmm. That is the show I would have bought. On Blu-ray? Yep. Yeah. Paul and Joseph did a great job on that show with the characters and the writing. Yeah, and now they've got the first season under the feet, then mm-hmm. they can expand it a bit, do a bit more characterization. They don't have to worry too much about securing the audience. They've got it. They left it on a hell of a cliffhanger. <laughs> yes, it did, yeah. And I think it helps that they're paired up with Killjoys as well. Mm-hmm. Probably makes it easier for sci-fi to sell both shows. You know, they've got an evening's entertainment. Right. It makes up as well for Defiance being cancelled. Oh, yes. Seems like every time sci-fi has a decent show on, it gets cancelled. Well, it all comes down to money. I think Defiance needed probably another another half a million viewers for the live broadcast. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes you don't really want to admit it, but sometimes you can understand why a broadcaster, you know, calls time on a series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, unfortunately, scripted sci-fi is very expensive to make. Yes, it is. So unless you've got the built-in audience like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or something like that, where you're already tapping into a known quantity of people who will pick this up because it's a continuation of an IP, but launching something brand new and getting it to grab. A bit of a challenge. Well, I think that's the thinking behind CBS and the new Star Trek, isn't it? They've got a name mm-hmm. that they can, they can that, will, that will sell. Right. No matter where they broadcast it, mm-hmm. it will sell. So why not give it a go on their CBS All Access, see if it works there. I'm cautiously optimistic about the new show. I honestly don't know what to think. 
tuning into Sci-Fi TV. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Brent Barrett. I'm Kevin Batchelder. I'm Wendy Hembrock. The Viewer's Guide to Genre Television. Welcome, everyone, to a special Supernatural-focused bonus Hello, everyone, show. and welcome to The Fae Fox. A family of podcasts for the genre-loving television viewer. Welcome to Saturday Bee Movie Reel. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Study welcome Group. Welcome to the top genre characters of all time countdown. And tonight, we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones Season 3. Find us at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. Yes, I think, was it Miller's Crossing you joined us for last time? I believe so, yes. Strangely enough, Kate Hewlett back again. Yes, yes, that might have been intentional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, you know, of the, the episodes that, that I've requested, you know, um, a lot of them are McKay-centered because I'm a big fan of David Hewlett. And, but yeah, any chance that I can get in there with one that Kate Hewlett's on as well. A bit darker of a, an episode and interplay with them. Yeah, very much so. A bit of a, a bit of a surprise, really, this early in there. You know, you're not really expecting something like this. Right. As you say, it's pure gold when you get Kate and David together. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, really a, a standout episode for David Hewlett and his performance. This is kind of like up there with uh, Michael Shanks and, and Lifeboat. You know, just a real opportunity to chew the scenery and give his acting chops a, a workout. As the joke goes, it's, it's the Emmy nomination role. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> This is your chance. Make the most of it. Use this for my nomination reel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Yes, folks. This week's episode is The Shrine. Season 5, episode 6 of Stargate Atlantis. Slight change of pace for the show. Uh, although, lots has got to be said that Atlantis did, at times, go dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We will be watching the Region 2 DVD. Runtime, 41 minutes, 47 seconds. Hopefully we're both currently looking at the black screen with the counter set to zero. Indeed. Excellent. If anybody wants to listen and watch along with us, just set up your own video at that point. I'm going to do a simple three, two, one click countdown. And when I say click, press play. It's as simple as that. Yeah, we're missing our polyglot this week. You sound what? <laughs> polyglot. Somebody who speaks oh. multiple languages. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of taking a back seat because everybody picks Irish at the moment. It's a classic. <laughs> Okay then, folks, if you're going to watch along with us, get ready. I'll be doing the countdown. You're set, Andrew. I'm set. Okay then. Three, two, one, click. You can go ahead, Rodney. I don't remember where to start. Sure you do. No. This is a very unusual way to start an episode. Mm -hmm. Day 15. So there's a lot of history that we're missing. Yeah. Mr. Rodney McKay. No. Yes. Come on now, you're Dr. McKay. Remember? No. I'm, I'm not anymore. I'm not smart anymore. Doctors are smart, so I'm Mr. Now. Okay. He's struggling with it. Thinking, what's going on here? I used to be the smartest person ever. And Clone? Some sort of, well, obviously, degenerative disease? Injury? This is one of the episodes you really just want to let play and listen to. Yeah. There are some episodes in Atlantis and SG1 that you just want to sit and not actually talk about. Right, yeah. What's the next thing you're supposed to say? Where is... Where'd John go? He just had to go away for a few minutes. He'll be John! Rodney? Rodney, I'm your friend. I'm right here. Where are you, John? John. He's calling for John. His best mate, John. It's surprising how close them pair are. Yeah. Why the hell didn't you tell me my brother was this far gone? It happened pretty fast, Jeannie. And there's Kate. Yep. I got a message from him just, just a couple of weeks ago. He, he seemed perfectly fine. He'd never been so nice. And there's a twist. A couple of weeks... It's not a natural illness. Yeah, they just confirmed it's a, an illness. I didn't recognize the symptoms in time. It's not your fault, Doc. You kind of wonder uh, if McKay is still 
in regular touch with Jeannie. She's got the security clearance her if this was a special one-off to contact her. You think they would. For the amount that she knows about the Stargate program, right. it'd be stupid to not use her as a resource. Yeah. Obviously, that doesn't mean that she wouldn't be interested in being a resource. Right. Just leave me alone. I'm, I'm raising Madison with my husband, you know. Yeah, I think her husband would have something to say about too much involvement. <laughs> yes. When masked men break into your bedroom and kidnap your wife, you allow... Leaves a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Okay then, The Shrine, Season 5, Episode 6 of Stargate Atlantis, Gatecast, Episode 296. This episode was written by Brad Wright and directed by Andy Makita. First premiered in America, August 22nd, 2008. Canada got it August 25th. The UK, October 23rd. Sweden, October 31st. Germany, August 26th, 2009. Our friends in August, our friends in Australia, February 25th, 2010. And Japan, September 29th. Shows with episodes of the same name, Tales from the Dark Side, Modern Times, and Moving On. There are a couple of movies called The Shrine in 2010 and 2007, and the BBC had a TV show called The Shrine about Princess Diana back in 1997. And we're back. It's a beautiful shot of Atlantis there. The in-house graphics department really come of age in Atlantis. Yeah. Started off in SG-1 just as a way to control the budget for special effects. Right. They're now they're doing pretty much the entire work on an episode. I think I need a moment myself. How did, how did this happen to him? Uh, there was a little snafu on the last mission. So in this uh, in this season, uh, Jason Momoa had cut his dreads off, and so what he's wearing is a wig that they wove his dreads into. Yep. He's getting uh, whiplash from action sequences. <laughs> turned out to be actually heavier than the <laughs> the actual hair <laughs> yeah yeah shouldn't we be concerned for dr nichols team no no settlement's half hour away from the gate he's got him checking in every six i'm sure nichols is just tired of taking the round Still, trip. it wouldn't hurt to bust his chops a bit and nichols is so arrogant oh come on some things are just too priceless rodney i always liked amelia banks played by sharon taylor mm-hmm. Amelia, I think I'm going to risk heading down to breakfast before they check in. She appeared quite often in the final season, didn't really get a huge amount to do, but I think Stargate always needed more women in uh, in uniform. Oh, absolutely. Back to the gate and report. There's really no point in my... <laughs> Woolsey always wanted to go by the book, and in this case, he's quite right. Be back in 20 minutes. Unscheduled off-world activation. Activate the shield. Don't panic, Richard. Don't panic whatever you do. I'm not receiving an IDC. Lances Shepard, do not lower the shield. The entire tower will be flooded. I have no intention of doing that, Colonel. What's your status? It's cold and wet. Stargate's underwater. Entire valley's flooded. And it's freezing! The good point with the wormhole only goes one way. Right. It kind of makes this episode possible. And was it Watergate from SG-1? With Star Trek's very own uh, Mariana Sirtis. Was there an episode of SG-1 where they ended up having to, like, sit on top of the Stargate with a whole bunch of water around them? Watergate, the Stargate was flooded, wasn't right, it? Right, yeah. And it was un- actually under the ocean, and they were stuck in a submersible. And then, they, yeah, the water actually ended up being, like, a living organism. Yeah. Some pressure's forcing the wormhole to stay active, which means we're going to have to wait the maximum amount of time the Stargate can stay open. 38 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Rodney up for you. <laughs> I am obviously much wetter and colder yeah. than anybody else. 
And if you've got the DVD or the Blu-rays, they're a very nice behind-the-scenes featurette showing them creating this special effect, a mixture of practical and visual effects. Andy Makita, Mark Savella and Jim Menard all discuss the effects. They actually had a water tank that they put the camera in. That gave you the water of the service halfway up the screen. Right. Rear projection to produce the iris. Repeat, this is Colonel Shepard. Please respond. I'm pretty sure they're all dead. We can't know that, Rodney. Look, the research team was studying the effects of global warming. They set up camp at the foot of a massive glacier up the valley. You think an ice dam broke? That's... When the ancients don't put stargates on a floodplain, and I certainly don't think the tide just came in. Explain why the water's so freezing. Poor, poor Rodney. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Okay, so I'm hot and I'm still shivering. Were you running a fever before we left? I don't know, maybe. Always running something. Taylor isn't going to actually be that sympathetic. Yeah. <laughs> She's got her own issues. So, uh, so we're going to be stuck here all night. In the back of a warm, cozy jumper, all right? What you need to do is hold on for, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. Yeah, that's flooded, all right. <laughs> I don't hold up much hope for the uh, research party further up the... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're dead. Now we know that this whole lane of the Stargates might have been automated in Pegasus as well. Let's get him to the infirmary. I want him under a scanner. I want to have a look at you guys, too. You're remarkably dry. <laughs> I love how Keller will just pull rank on Ronan. <laughs> I said now. <laughs> yes. What's he going to say? No. Hey, I nearly kissed you. Right. <laughs> stuff happens. Well, it's anybody's stuff. I mean... I know what you mean. Thank you. Why didn't you return in the jumper I sent you? Oh, I ordered the rescue party to continue the search for Nichols' team. There's a chance you're still alive. Of course. I'm going to go get checked out, and then uh, I'm going to check on Rodney. There's Woolsey, the bureaucrat, wasn't thinking like a commander of a base. Well, that's the thing. Is he kind of learns from John, like, how to actually become a leader. Yeah. No fever, no hypothermia, nothing in the scan at all. What about you guys? Like I said, we're good. Yeah, yeah. But we're not the ones who became unconscious. Yeah, well, I, I didn't get much sleep the night before, and I did skimp on breakfast, so... <laughs> you know, I like Keller when she has her hair longer. Yeah. It's not doing the actress any credit by saying she looks more girly like that, but... Right. It suits this role more, you know, the cheerful... It's Kayleen, let's admit it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love how they're, you know, they're talking about that Wolsey wants to send a mouth out in front of every mission. I'm like, when did we stop doing that? <laughs> it just seems like common sense. Well, I think Wolsey's means every gay travel, even to known locations. Oh, right. It's surprising that they haven't, you know, re-engineered the mouth to make it more smaller, more practical. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got drone technology now. You know, the smaller version of the UAV. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't bother with any sort of visual indication that they were jumping the time zones. Right. Just go with it. Yeah. I mean, you get the little the timestamp on the video portions. Yeah. Meredith? It's me. It's Jeannie. Yeah, You're my sister. Yes. Meredith Meyer. Real name. It's your first name, that's right. But you never liked it. No. No, it's... Girl's name. <laughs> it's a girl's name. He remembers that. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. But you go by Rodney. Rodney McKay. Mr. Rodney McKay. Rodney McKay. Rodney McKay. Be a nice touch if that was a little replica Stargate she was wearing around her neck. It would. <laughs> You go, where'd you get that? Oh, my brother picked it up for me. 
I'm crying because I missed you very much. Because you're my sister. That's right. David did get nominated for a Leo Award for this episode as best lead in a, a male drama. Well deserved. This episode got a lot of nominations. I'm here now. Brad Wright got a Nebula nomination for Best Script, also a Leo nomination for Best Screenwriting. Jim Menard, Best Cinematography, Leo nomination. And Brad Rines, Best Picture Editing, again a Leo nomination. I don't... I just need a second. I just don't want him to see... I know how you feel. I felt the same way. I'll go back in. I will. He needs me and I want to be able to say goodbye, but it's like... It's like he's already gone. It always seems strange when Ronan gets all yeah. <laughs> the comforting shoulder to cry on. He's come a long way. How? It's a place. I've been there before. He'll be himself again. And you can say goodbye. Granted, he doesn't really portray it. He's not the most emotive guy. Right. He's there when you need him. Yeah. But I'm willing to risk it if you are. Well, I think, you know, it took him a while to trust these people, but now it's his family. Yeah. Especially after all the stuff with the Satedans, you know. Oh, like... yes. <laughs> he was pretty much forced to make a decision where his loyalty lay. Yeah. Well, complaint duly registered. It was a good idea to keep a record of what's happening to you and, and how fast, but if you'd rather not. Day six. Obviously, they know something's wrong now. They're setting up this recordings to actually, uh, well, not a paper trail, but a recording, a step-by-step. Mm-hmm. And this is something that Rodney would act, you know, absolutely do. Is like, okay, well, this is going to be going on. We need to document it. Yeah. And not only that, at this point, you also probably think, I'll be able to cure this. I'll figure yeah. it out. And then I'll have my next paper, even though I couldn't publish it. Well, can I name this disease after me, please? <laughs> and, of course, this is where we see how, how much Keller actually thinks of Rodney. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've hinted it. I mean, she asked him out for Christ's sake. It's one hell of a woman that actually asked Rodney out. Bypassing Ronan to do so. <laughs> I'm kind of one of those people who needs all the information they can get. This is his most recent scan. This dark area that looks like a tumor is actually a parasitic organism. Well, that's nasty, that is. <laughs> that's a parasite, all right. Oh, yeah. A bit of a tapeworm in your stomach. You can pull that out. It's messy, but you can pull it out. But... Yeah, a tapeworm in your brain? Nah, it's so much. He was infected somehow on his last mission? Well, maybe. Not necessarily. It was too small to show up on a scan at the time. Jewel tweeted the other day she had a bit of a false alarm with her pregnancy. Oh, wow. She's very close. Yeah, I saw a picture of her recently, and yeah, she's about to pop. Yeah. <laughs> Still looks fabulous, though. Of course, yep. Of course, at the time of editing the podcast, we all know that Jewel gave birth to a son, Willard Cathcart Ritchie, born December the 9th, at around £9. The parasite doesn't so much as kill cells as render them dormant for reasons I still don't completely understand, but the net result is ever-diminishing brain function. As it spreads, he'll lose motor control, regulation of organ function. Ronan's people call the disease second childhood. Kate Hewlett's last production she was in, Degrassi, The Next Generation, and Remedy. Jewel State, she was in Con Man. I still haven't watched that yet. Have you seen that? I watched the first three episodes that were released on Vimeo. I did back, was it Kickstarter or Indiegogo? Indiegogo, wasn't it? I dumped them all onto me, NAS, but I never actually got around to watching the rest of them. <laughs> I watched, I think, ten episodes of Jessica Jones, and I've still got to, got to finish that. I'm like nine episodes in, and I really love it. I got so swamped at work last week, I just could not get the time. Just what the doctor ordered. <laughs> Funny. You want my fruit cup? No, no, no. I think you do. Eating from the patient's tray is kind of frowned upon. Jennifer, we practically dated. 
You bought me one drink. That's really dating. Right, so, well, now I'm asking you to have dinner with me. I mean, such as it is. <laughs> She's a cheap date if you can actually <laughs> tempt her with a fruit cup. <laughs> Not that this is exactly the dinner I had in mind, but... Is that an invitation? Mm, only if you promise to accept. Practically dated. <laughs> you bought me one drink. <laughs> one drink in a fruit cup. You're in here. <laughs> See, I've been going about dating all wrong. Drinks and fruit cups is where it's at. By the time he started to forget, it was too late. Interesting idea that she feels guilty. The fact that she was interested in him actually glossed over the fact that she didn't realise that him being nice was a symptom. Yeah. It's an interesting idea that an issue with your brain can change your personality so that being nice right. <laughs> is actually, yeah, a false condition. It took us about five or six hours to get there from the gate, but uh, I was just a kid and my grandfather had to be carried most of the way. We can do it about half that time. There's a small problem with that plan. The Wraith established a major outpost there during the Replicator War. That's not a small problem. And well, that's never stopped us from going anywhere we need to go before. Well, it's not just that. You don't believe it's real? I'm not saying... I am, actually. I was there. Yes, but you were six years old. <laughs> Ronan, listen to what you've told us. A magical shrine inside a cave behind a waterfall. Did I say it was magic? Now, that's one good idea of having Wolsey here. Mm -hmm. He's a pragmatist, you know, even the fact that he understands what the ancients were capable of. Right. He doesn't believe half of what he's heard. Well, he doesn't believe in magic. Unless there's an explanation for it, he's skeptical. It doesn't necessarily make it real. I'm telling you that in a matter of seconds, I saw my grandfather go from someone who couldn't speak his own name to the man that taught me how to track and hunt. You learned to hunt when you were six years old? I love that. He's like, you learned to hunt when you were six years old? <laughs> People on Earth who learned to hunt at that age. Mm hmm He got to hold his wife in his arms and share a meal with the people that he loved. And then he died with honor. You can say I was too young to remember, but I know what I saw. And we can do the same thing for McKay. But of course, it does. it is a reasonable assumption to expect that. They've seen enough ancient technology lying around the various planets they've visited mm -hmm. to say, well, this could be another one. Yeah. I've never told anyone this outside of... My father had a disease called Alzheimer's. It's similar in many respects to the condition that Dr. McKay is suffering from. My point is, I had a similar moment with him to the one you've just described. He hadn't recognized me literally for months. And then one day, out of the blue, he had a moment of absolute clarity. He said, Richard, what are you doing here? And I said, Dad, here to see you and he said he said isn't that wonderful and then he was gone again now couldn't you be remembering a similar it's not the same Ronan look I owe him this you can read the reports but you can't probably truly appreciate the fact that there are people in Pegasus I read a tweet this afternoon uh snippet from a paper, someone complaining about people who hunted for food. Mm -hmm. It says, why don't you go to the supermarket and buy it where the meat is procured without harm to animals? <laughs> I think that must be a wind-up, surely. <laughs> I've been fortunate. I've never had a relative or friend that's experienced these sort of degenerative conditions, but it must be. I can't even begin to imagine what you go through to see someone slip away like this. It's tough. Um, my, my grandmother, who um, passed away recently, was starting to to have symptoms of Alzheimer's. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, kind of sometimes 
Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. I also worked as a, a nursing assistant for a while, so I worked in nursing homes, and, and I've seen a lot of people go through it. It's really rough on the families, you know, not have them recognize you, to not have them remember who you are. Yeah, something physical. You always think there's something I can do. Mm-hmm. I can do something to ease the pain at the very least. Yeah. This, there is literally nothing you can do except treat them the best you can, mm-hmm. hour by hour, minute by minute. Mm-hmm. Truth is, uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen to you, but we're willing to try if you are. Okay. Okay, okay, well, that settles it then. No, it doesn't. Rodney, they haven't told you everything. He doesn't need to know. The planet they want to take you to is a Wraith outpost. Do you remember who the Wraith are? It means going will be very, very dangerous, not just for you, but for your friends. We're willing to take that risk. A risk for which... And I'm sorry, even if it works, which I very much doubt, you might revert to your former self for one day. Now, forgive me if that sounds more like torture than a blessing. We're still coming up with new ideas on how to treat this thing. But if you do this, if you leave Atlantis... It's over. I guess this coming so quickly out of the blue that these guys really are at a loss. Yeah. I tried to see if I could find some uh, web resources with David talking about this episode. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the, the DVD, there wasn't a commentary for it. Wow, it seems odd, this kind of an episode, to not have some sort of commentary on it. Yeah. Which means the decision on whether or not to let him go is mine. I mean, obviously there are times that some episodes don't, but I wonder if they made the decision not to talk about this one. Yeah. I mean, you know, because they tend to have a laugh about it, and this really isn't an episode that you, you want to make jokes about. True, yeah. I honestly think that whoever wrote this episode uh, was likely drawing off personal experience with something like Alzheimer's. I would say Brad Wright didn't write... Brad, Brad Wright didn't write... He's probably heard that joke before. <laughs> write too many episodes of Atlantis, but he tended to write some very pivotal ones for the franchise. Mm-hmm. I'm his next of kin. That makes the decision mine. Well, I mean, even kind of like introducing this aspect of, uh, you know, having to make decisions and, and medical consent and very much stuff that goes along with treating people with Alzheimer's. Yeah, because we, we get a battle of wills here between... Between Jeannie and Keller. Oh, day one. My name is Dr. Rodney McKay. I am head of the science and research departments here in Atlantis, in the Pegasus Galaxy, in the local cluster, in the universe as we know it. Um, the purpose of this log is to provide a baseline for myself, for Dr. Keller, um, to uh, monitor the progress of my um, uh, memory loss. Ah, here we are. <laughs> Rodney at his flippant best. By reciting the aforementioned, as well as a list of things I know like the back of my hand, uh, starting with pi to, um, say, 12 decimals. 3.141592... I like even the subtitles had pi. <laughs> Rodney on board? Yes. And there is Zelenka's only appearance in the episode. All his lines got cut out. <laughs> uh, probably got paid. Oh, yeah, no doubt he got paid. The interesting thing, though, one of the conversations he had with Rodney was about the ninth chevron on the Stargate. Hmm. And his belief that it could actually send him much further. So a little foreshadowing of uh, universe? Yep. This episode was originally called The Shrine of Talus. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, legally, they weren't allowed to call it that. 
nobody's ever really been able to explain why it just got rejected. It's <laughs> odd. Oh, that jump control panel looks different. Jumper three, standing by, send the mouse through. Okay, you know an episode is running short when they have 10 seconds scene of a malp going through the gate. Wow, <laughs> those hive ships are close to the gate. Wait. Firing on it from both sides of what appears to be a deep valley. And they are very bad shots if the malp actually managed to release smoke enough to cloak the jumper as it emerged. That's, you know, the stormtrooper race <laughs> protecting the gate. <laughs> That is actually rather a weak part of the episode, but we've got to let it go. Yeah. It's one hell of a valley. Did you really have to fly between them again, John? I know you're close, but why risk it? Yeah. Hopefully they think we just sent a mouth through ahead of us, changed their mind when they blew it up. I mean, I wonder if it actually cloaks the sound of the uh, jumper flying by. All right, I'm going to just sweep the landing area. It's surprising that the Wraith in the last few years, I haven't actually looked towards being able to detect a cloaked vessel. Right? I mean, they've, they've been aware of ancient technology for, you know, ages now. Yep, 10,000 years. Yeah. John! 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 You were there, and, and then you... you... Rodney, Rodney, I'm right here. I woke up, everyone left. Buddy, uh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you'd fall asleep. Oh! I was, I got so scared. I was sure that by morning, what was left of my mind was going to be gone. I'm going to take you back to your quarters, okay? John, John, I've never been so scared. I'm slipping away. I'm slipping away and I don't know how to stop myself. Look, you're still here. Now, you would have thought there'd been nurses on duty anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take this scene down a notch or two, but it shouldn't really have happened. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Now, when you want to hang out, you just hang out. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm... I'm sorry. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have woken you up. Hey, look, it's a nice night out. Let's go have some beer in the pier, okay? And we don't hear that very often from Rodney. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the thing that has the impact with having this happen to McKay, is that somebody whose entire being, their existence, is built around their mind. Yeah. You know, to have that taken away is, you know... I don't know, should I have another? What could happen? <laughs> what could happen? <laughs> I shouldn't have banged on your door like that. I feel ridiculous. Again, he comes to find John. Mm -hmm. His best friend. After Carson, of course. Yeah. I've been trying to remember the name of my sister's kid. Betty. Betty. So we say a little product placement there. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure that's not it. It's Madison, see? They should remember what it wasn't. You know, there's an underrated skill. So, on, on the end of the pier, drinking beer, and yeah. where's the fishing rods? <laughs> Believe me, I've already forgotten more than most people will ever know, and I know that sounds... arrogant, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> that works. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I know when I'm wrong. Useless. Ah, there we go. Jennifer says it's going to get worse now, almost by the hour. You wonder if, like, John, like, you know, places an order back to Earth, like, in the next batch of supplies, could you send me some beer, please? Yeah. And he goes, hang on, isn't this military establishment? <laughs> yeah, well, there, you know, there's off-duty. How about we say goodbye now? No. 
What do you mean, no? I mean, I'm not saying goodbye. I'm saying it anyway. Well, I'm not listening. Yeah, but pretty soon I won't even know who you are. Then I'll remind you. Yeah, but I don't want you to see me like that. I want you to remember me as I am, as your genius friend, not as some Not shit. happening. Please. You're stuck with me, Rodney. Just accept it. Yeah, but I... No! <laughs> Come on, John. Rodney's trying to have a moment here. As <laughs> your genius friend. Okay. Okay. This is in character with John, but... Mm. It doesn't suit the moment. You're a good friend, Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of giggling schoolboys. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they play the, the antagonistic relationship, but, you know, kind of is demonstrating that there's real care between them. Well, that's it. That's that's why it was worth commenting on when they had that real knockdown drag out over Elizabeth and mm -hmm. the night. Yeah. That was the first time it went beyond playful banter mm -hmm. to actual serious disagreement. I mean, even when Rodney's blown up planets before, it, it never really reached that level of antagonism. Right. Okay, how long did it take to find this location? Where are we going? Up there, do you see? Behind the waterfall there is a cave. And when we get there, you will spend a wonderful day with your friends. I'm tired. I know. We'll be there soon. It seems like in every Stargate series, at least one scientist has to blow up a star or solar system. Oh, just to prove the worth. Except for Daniel, he just became a higher being several times. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't allowed to blow anything up when he ascended. <laughs> you may watch other people blow things up. Remarkably dry caving so close to a waterfall. You think yeah. of condensation and all sorts. Mm-hmm. A lot of moss and slime and... <laughs> What do we do? We wait. Rodney, look at the waterfall. It's cool, huh? I'm getting very faint energy readings. This makes perfect sense from a viewer's point of view, yeah. and it should make perfect sense to them as well. Yeah. How many times have they gone on a mission to find that the root cause of everything has been ancient technology that they've left lying around? I want to go home now. Perhaps you should stand closer to this tablet. I, I don't know. I think that's the source of these energy readings. I want to go now. A little bit longer. Go now. Go now. Oh dear. Oh, hello. There is life in those eyes. Ginny. I'm here, Mayor. <laughs> Keller's shocked. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> He's back. Yeah, enough of the bad news. Someone please tell me what the hell we're all doing here. Got good news and bad news. <laughs> yeah. You're perfectly fine, but in 24 hours you'll be dead. I'm head of science and... and day 10. It probably works a lot better jumping the days around, mixing them up. 3.14. And now, what's that, four days difference? Now he's only gone to two decimal places. Mm-hmm. In a few days he'll ask him about pie and he'll just say apple, please. <laughs> They kind of did the thing where you see the uh, uh, as bad as it gets, and then they kind of work backwards. Yeah. How can I not know that? Do you want to stop? I keep seeing a face. Every time I close my eyes, I think it's my mother. I don't. I don't. 
that's interesting, isn't it? As his brain deteriorates, he actually accesses longer-term memories, or they creep up on him. Um, that's kind of a something that happens with Alzheimer's as well. Is it? Is that, you know, uh, retaining short-term memory, but they will remember way, way back. Oftentimes they'll mistake family members or, or people around them for people they knew in their youth. Thank you, Mr. Information. Since when did he become Ronan the Explainer? And why am I not in the infirmary, huh? What am I, better? It underlines then that this wasn't just a, you know, a slap-happy episode written to uh, kind of exploit a condition. They've actually made sure they've got some of the facts right. Mm-hmm. But you're only going to feel like this for about a day. That's just how it works. So what? You write something like this, it would be so very easy to offend people. Mm-hmm. I remember you not wanting me to say goodbye then. Why now all of a sudden? Look, why one day? What's with that? It is a gift of the shrine. And from all of us who risk great danger to bring you here, one last chance to be with those you love. And then what? And then you die, Mr. Bond. I die? With honor. And dignity. Yeah, well, screw that. I'll just stay here. (laughs) 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 And we're detecting ionizing radiation. In fact, we shouldn't be standing this close to the shrine. You've got to be kidding me. How can you let them do this to me? Don't blame her. She didn't even want to do this. Well, then whose brilliant idea was it? Mine. We all thought it was a good thing. How could this possibly be a good thing? Look, I got past the humiliation. I said my goodbyes. Meredith, I'm sorry this happened to you, but I'm not sorry that I got this chance. Please, just try to see this as an opportunity and not... A torture? The one thing about the ancients, you know, obviously they, they traveled all over Pegasus. They had outposts, research stations. But why is this in this cave behind a waterfall. Right. Was it put there for the sole purpose of allowing the human inhabitants of this galaxy to treat it as mythology, to help without, you know, revealing themselves? Well, you know, certainly that wouldn't be the first time the ancients kind of wrapped up what they were doing in mythology and magic. You look at Merlin. (laughs) Yeah. I guess if I had to choose the people I would spend my last day with, then... That's the spirit, Rodney. We, we bought Monopoly, but unfortunately you've only got a day, so we can't play that. Honestly, I I didn't expect it to work. I expected nothing would happen, and that would be that, so why did it? I just hope they haven't brought lemon chicken. You don't believe in magic shrines any more than I do. Show them the readings. Now, this is Rodney. This is also Sam Carter. The last day alive, they would spend their time researching something. Mm-hmm. Curiosity wouldn't let them do anything else. It just meant that I thought it was weird too so what do you think antimatter a super heavy element the ancients used to use as an energy source i've never seen it before or create it to power whatever this place used to be well who could tell what that is it must be thousands of years since whoa see that spike? come on this is your party let's have some fun hey for me this is fun just save me some ham oh yeah he's back it's like some kind of intermittent gamma that's come with me what why because i need to find out something where are we going hopefully all the way back to atlantis <laughs> 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 Not so much. You can feel the pain, which is probably pretty good acting. That is a ser- you know a seriously meaty cry of pain. Yeah. To determine whether the parasite would expand rapidly back into his brain when we took him from the radiation source, and I think it did. The reason why his symptoms disappeared when we came here was because it contracted to protect itself. So in, in the space of a few seconds, this parasite dug its tendrils straight into his brain. Mm-hmm. No wonder he was screaming. So... We're going to have to find a way for me to operate on him right here. Of course we are. Yes, in a cave. Yes, in a damp, damp <laughs> cave. Pretty much the opposite of sterile. 
Oh, on an alien planet. <laughs> yes. Not even the run-of-the-mill microbes. I thought you already tried radiation. Well, I did, but we've never come across this kind before. The, the parasite is radio-sensitive to it. That's why the shrine works. You feel fine for one day until the radiation starts making you feel sick, and then you leave. The further away you get, the more rapidly the parasite expands back into your brain. Your day's over. I get it. So for here, it's long enough to operate. Well, I'm guessing here, but that's the only thing I can think of that would explain a sudden remission. But I, I'm not going to know for certain until I get in there. How are you going to manage that with a field kit? I don't. We would have to bring equipment back from Atlantis. Well, that's a problem. Again, we're left with the question, was the reason the shrine was there, or was this just a side effect mm-hmm. that was exploited by people? Right. Now, Carsten would have been lugging a whole uh, medical kit around with him all the time. Yeah. Whenever you saw him, he was carrying more bags around with him. He always uh, believed in being prepared for anything. Yeah, he, that's why he was able to dig a tracker out of Rodin's bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all they, this lot of bought are plastic knives and forks. <laughs> more than I have in my medical kit. I mean, I'd, I'd need a scanner to find out the location of the parasite. I'd need the proper tools to cut a skull open. All right. Poor Jennifer, in over her head. I got an idea. To keep him as far away from this thing as he can stand. We'll be back in 20 minutes. This is probably where Star Trek has a slight edge on Stargate when it comes to medical tech. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. is in Stargate, you know, we've acquired all of this technology. However... We haven't really been great at reverse engineering a lot of it. No. Big stuff, yes. Small stuff, not no. quite. You wonder if they'd have gone a slightly different way to a uh, universe, if they'd have made full use of the Asgard core to jump centuries ahead, technology-wise. Yeah. About your operator drill. It's similar. What are you on about? <laughs> Mind you, I watched an episode of House where they used a normal drill to drill into someone's call. So. We can open them up. I still have no way of knowing where the parasite is contracted to. Excuses, excuses, Jennifer. Come on now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes, assuming she's got the toolkit to actually open it up yeah. and get into its innards. And... Designed to do what I need it to do on the correct scale. Oh, we'll have Jeannie modify it. I mean, Rodney would normally always be carrying around his laptop with uh, dozens of interfaces, mm-hmm. for, no matter what techie you, you came across. Yeah, it's amazing how much ancient technology, you know, has apparently USB connectors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's dead. You said it. Absolutely not. We're talking about saving your life. Look, my brain is not some new deck off the back of your house. I'm not the one doing the surgery. Yeah, and as my parting advice, you need to stop letting these guys talk you into doing stupid things. I can do it. Really? And I'm fairly sure I can modify the life science detector. Yeah, with my help. So help. Look, this isn't one of those PBS brain surgeries where my skull is wide open and we're having a conversation. I have enough anesthetic to put you out. You're not going to feel a thing. That's probably a hammer. Time is of the essence, Rodney. You need to make a decision. Please, Mayor, let us try. Look, obviously I'd get around to consenting. It's just you, you've thrown an awful lot at me all at once. That's life. Oh, I love this. That's life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much so. You've got a Rodney chance to live. Up yeah, and do you want to live or not? Make up your mind. <laughs> Say no, fair enough. Say yes. Let's do it. Out here we're really far. Sorry I didn't mean some time. Bye. Bye, Taylor. I ruined Dex. Hey, John. He's probably got these names written down as well. Hi. Fade to black. Oh, not. Oh, that's. <laughs> that's even worse when you fade to black. Mm-hmm. 
I say, so we all gushed over the fact that she did have the uh, the drugs to knock him out. Yeah. You'd have thought they'd be able to make some sort of head restraint. I'm going to have to cut here, here, and here, and drill those points to resect the area. Okay. I don't want to penetrate the dirt layers until we get to that stage, so hold them as still as you can. They've done a nice job of lighting the cave, but you can't help but feel that close to a waterfall it should be a hell of a lot noisier. Well squeamish, John. Yeah, that's a bit strange, isn't it? Oh, come on. No piece of skin being pulled back. That looks a big drill bit. It does. <laughs> nothing, nothing subtle about that. I just noticed in the background little, you know, garlands and ribbons and things you think people's left there as a token of appreciation. I haven't given her enough time to perform the surgery before his immune system is compromised. Yeah, I went too far, hold him steady. I'm trying. Just the damn it, I went too far. <laughs> With a drill. It's moving. Well, maybe it knows we're going after it. I don't think so. I, I think it instinctually wants to get away from the radiation source and we just showed it the way out. I'm not totally up on how the brain's laid out, but I don't think there's anything really important at that part. Frontal lobe's a bit higher up. Yeah. So they're not going to lobotomise him. Ronan, we're going to need that gun of yours in about ten seconds. It's like, yes, I get to shoot something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't... Oh. Oh, that's nasty. Nice effects, though. Yeah. It looks big. Holy crap. <laughs> the scissors as well, the forceps. You could have stepped on it. She told me to shoot it. She told me to shoot it. Yeah, very safe than sorry. There are some things you can step on and don't die. Yeah. You did a good job. You too. Yeah, but any luck, you know, you know, go through your foot and infect you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get him home. Okay, who's going to write this procedure up? Better to just vaporize it. Probably the smallest bandage for brain surgery ever. Mm-hmm. I think we're still in amazement how good Keller looks after being turned into a part of a hive ship. Right. Why don't you go get some sleep? I'm going to be here all night. Well, it's okay. I'd like to be here when he wakes up. Well, it could be a while. He does love to sleep, our Rodney. <laughs> you should have seen him when he was a teenager. Who can sleep with all the talking? Hi. I appreciate the fact, Rodney, you've got two good-looking women who are worried about you. Granted, one's your sister and she's kind of uh, obligated. Well, I have so much to spare. Thank you. You're welcome. Scary. Me too. Very simple and subtle music for this scene. You hungry? Wow, daft question. Package? <laughs> I'll go order you something. Rodney, you're on to a keeper there. Just time for one more recording? While I remember, while I still can, there's something I wanted to say before... Uh... Go ahead. I... Uh... I love you. I've loved you for some time now. And he's been recorded, but he's actually telling she's actually there. Normally, the Rodney we used to know, he'd record it, yes, mm -hmm. but only let her watch it after he was dead. Right. 
fact that he actually said it to a face as they were being recorded. That's a big step for Rodney. Yeah. Well, that kind of flew by, didn't it? Indeed. Great episode, though. It was, yes, it was indeed. Very disappointing and uh, didn't have a commentary. I would really have liked to listen to what David explained, how he you know, embrace a character if he did any research into Alzheimer's, the effects of neurodegeneration. Right. Well, and you know, I mean, with Kate and David, you know, obviously they, as siblings, have quite a connection. But, you know, I just wonder if, you know, for some of those scenes, if Kate had to put herself in the headspace of this being real, that this being yeah. David going through this. And, yeah, great work by, by both the Hewlett's on this. I do believe that's the last time we see Kate Hewlett in Atlantis as well. I think so, yeah. Okay, then, I've got a little bit of trivia. Andy Mikita, this episode's director, he ended up directing 29 episodes of SG-1, 22 of Atlantis and 12 of Universe. He also directed Dark Matter, Primeval New World, Cedar Cove, Motive and Sanctuary. Brad Wright, the writer for this episode, also one of the show's creators, 18 episodes of SG-1, 3 of Atlantis, 6 of Universe, also wrote for Outer Limits, Portugal's Legacy, and he did an episode of Highlander as well. <laughs> ah, I love that show. It was pretty good. Any show that you can rely on at least one person getting their head chopped off and fireworks. Right. You're pretty much old, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah. You? What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We have a little bit of feedback from the last few shows, taken from uh, the variety of sources, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, etc., We'll start off with uh, Stargate Infinity. Dirk over on Google Plus said, How bad was it? I replied that we had a laugh, that's for sure. And he said he still wants to watch it, though. Crazy fool. Craig? Craig? Hmm, sorry about that. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce your name. Also posted, I meant to watch this show. Never got round to it. Like, I'm on holiday. I may be able to do so. Apologies if I pronounce your name wrong as well, mate. Fred Feierstein. Just listen to your intro. I think I had the same reaction when I caught an episode of Infinity at some point. I watched it for five minutes and wondered what the heck I was watching. Pretty sad that even devoted fans can be so disillusioned. I replied that it had so much potential, a little bit of budget to get the real voices and do something similar to Star Trek Animated. Brad replied that the episode title is just decision. I'm guessing if SG Infinity was up on iTunes library, listeners would turn away. I replied that it could be worse. It could have been called Beware. Feedback for the Saving Hope bonus episode. First off, Becky Nitrowit. I love this show, and yes, it is a soap. Was very sad when Gavin left, seeing Maggie eventually with Zack, but it will be a while. Fred replied that I haven't seen the show, but your commentary was interesting as always. Clear about actual medical stuff involved in the scenes. I replied that it was an interesting journey editing Alan and Chris. I wasn't on that show, if you listen to it. Never sure where they would go when they got talking. And Christina, <laughs> I know we really went off on some points, sorry. <laughs> no need to apologise at all, Christina. As Alan says, going off topic is, looks up to the right, tradition. Third Rock from the Sun. Fred, once again, this was a fun change of pace. I watched Third Rock back then, occasionally. It was like Morgan Mini, only more so. I replied, glad you liked it. It actually was a fun episode to do. And finally, Ghost in the Machine. Steve Roberts posted, Loved the bloopers at the end of the episode. And yes, you must read the novels. I'm about third of the way through, almost ended at the moment. Books 1 through 6 continue from the end of season 5 of SGA. This book is basically a new storyline that continues and even has Daniel Jackson in it. I'm currently on the fourth book of the Legacy series, and I can highly recommend them. 
Now we've got a bit of audio feedback from Levi from America. Levi also emailed us a bit of feedback for Infinity. Wow, I actually like listening to that. Surprise, surprise. Anyway, the gate looks terrible though. And in Gary's mod, the graphics are horrible. Have a happy holidays. I'll give you a review of your next regular or similar to Stargate episode. Say hi to Alan for me. Cheers, Levi. And we've got a bit of audio feedback. Hey guys, Bertikin here. Just wanted to let Alan and Mike know that they're doing a really good job. And all of you guys know that you should listen to more of this if this is your first episode. They are really good at what they do. They are amazing about talking Stargate. And they usually stay on topic. And it's really funny when they go off topic because they start bringing up all these things. And then one of them herds everybody back on topic. And it gets pretty comical. I really would like to thank them for actually replying to so many of my emails. I send quite a lot to them, actually. And uh, thank you guys for listening to this. Bye. Thank you very much for that, uh, Levi. Always good to hear what people actually sound like. You can also find his YouTube channel at Bertikan Wolf. B-E-A-R-T-I-C-A-N. W-O-L-F Okay then, if you want to get in touch with us then you can do so via the contact form on our website which is gatecast.co.uk or via email using gatecastpodcast at gmail.com We are also on Facebook and Google Plus and we are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio You'll find all these links on our website which includes the independent RSS feed which carries every episode we have released so far That can be copied and manually added to a podcatcher We are also very busy on Twitter You'll find us at The Gatecast. We have well over 2,000 followers, and it is a very, very active Stargate scene. Okay then, let's wrap the show up. Okay then, folks, that was The Shrine. Next week, we are going to be looking at another episode that Andrew has shown a great deal of interest in, and one of my personal favourite, Whispers. On episode... Excellent episode. Damn shame we didn't see more of uh, the all-female SG team. Right? They were awesome. They were. They were. <laughs> Andrew, yes. I was noticing on your SoundCloud page you released a new, spe- uh, a new piece of music. Uh, yeah, I did. I had actually done that for consideration for the theme of a podcast, which ended up not really... I think they did one episode and, and then decided we've got way too much <laughs> other stuff going on, so... Okay. Uh, I didn't get used for that, so I decided to throw it up on the, the SoundCloud page. Right then. We'll put a link to uh, your SoundCloud page in the notes. Awesome. Uh, you want to have a quick look? SoundCloud.com forward slash Andrew Wonders, which is one word. Yep. Excellent. Got a Twitter, I believe? Yes, at Andrew Wonders. Smashing. Okay then, folks, that was the Shrine. As usual, uh, we'd love to hear what you think about the episode and any of the episodes we've released so far. Next week's episode will be Whispers. Thank you very much for joining me on this Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Andrew. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Alan didn't know what he missed. Yes. I don't think he's really bothered because he's probably, God, I hope he's not dressed up in that frock again. (laughs) He calls it a robe and a costume. I call it a frock. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Andrew, have a good Sunday and thank you very much. Uh, You too. Okay, take care, everybody. I've been Mike. And I've been Andrew. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever.